Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to the No Huddle Show on a glorious Friday night. I got my partner in crime back, Sam. How we doing, man? Dude, I am so sorry for missing the last couple of shows. I apologize. Can you hear me clearly? That's the first question. Is yeah, that possible? I can yes. hear you okay, cool. perfectly clearly. I am, I am on route right now to Detroit. So, What's going on yeah. in Detroit? I mean, we, there's a Kate Cunningham party that's that's, uh, that's that's happening. You know, apparently he's he's supposed to be the second coming of Kobe Bryant for yeah. the city of Detroit. So, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go show my support, pop off a couple gunshots, you know, smoke a couple blunts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you, Sam. I think you're heading to Detroit to, uh, to buy some herbal medication. <laughs> oh, that is 100% for, for a fact. That is, that's like you can count that in. I am definitely procuring myself some, some herbal treatment. Uh, it's, it's, it's all right, bro. You know what? One thing uh, I would I would say is that tooth pain, eye pain are two things I would definitely not, like, wish upon my worst enemy. Yeah. Like, if I was – the only way I would wish it upon my, my, my opponent is if I was boxing Mike Tyson tomorrow, I would hope that he gets a toothache so he can't fight me tomorrow. Dude, speaking of Mike Tyson. I know. I know. Go ahead. I want you to run with it. Tell me. What's up? Coming back February. I know. I heard. confirmed it yet. But odds are it looks like he is going to be fighting. He's going to be fighting Logan Paul. <sighs> okay, so can I tell you something? Yes. I, I don't know if you've been watching uh, any of Tyson's uh workout videos or anything that he's posted on TikTok or Instagram. Um, Just a little bit. I'm sorry? Just a little bit. Okay. Dude, the guy, if you give him a minute and 15 seconds, he will knock you the hell out. All he needs is one round and a minute. That's all he needs. He doesn't even need a full round. He needs a minute and 15 seconds off that round. He will knock you the hell out. Here's the thing about Logan Paul. Trap. Wait, uh, so Jake Paul is fighting uh, uh, Tyson Fury. Or Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury, sorry, I, yeah. Tyson, what the hell. Tommy, yeah, he's fighting Tommy, and then you got the other the other Paul brother fighting Mike Tyson. Now, here's the thing. Logan Paul fought Floyd Mayweather. He lost. All right, he lost. Yeah, but you know what? There was, there was some, some, some uh, you know, background noise on that saying that there was clauses in, in uh, Paul's That's contract that says he can't get knocked out. Yeah, I read about that, too. Uh, and, and you know how Floyd Mayweather is, man. He, he's he's a, not a knockout artist. He's not a knockout artist. He's not, he right? Not, is he not a knockout artist? Dude is is fighting. He was fighting in the exhibition fight against against uh, Logan Paul, man. This wasn't a real fight for him. This was like, a, this was like an exhibition fight. He was there. To make sure it was a good show, he wasn't trying to embarrass him. Logan, right. Mike Tyson's going to try to embarrass Logan Paul, man. And he, Mike Tyson should embarrass Logan Paul, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, so that time Tyson, someone does, Rogan, right? This is, it's the domino effect. Mike, Mike Tyson's going to knock out Logan Paul, then he's going to come calling for Jake Paul next. I think Logan, right. here's the thing. Mike Tyson would probably get his ass Look against Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, right? I mean, but those guys are completely different, though, right? Those guys are boxers. Yeah, they're boxers. Exactly, exactly. Logan Paul doesn't stand a chance against Mike Tyson. Yeah, I I don't. I don't see it happening. And if he puts that, it puts in that knockout clause again. Um, I think there's something very suspicious. I don't think anyone should give him another fucking fight. Yeah. No. Because if you have a clause that says that the other boxer can't fucking knock you out. How is that even an exhibition? Uh, sorry, an exhibition match. How is that even an exhibition? It's not. Those kinds of rules that are in place are for, like, celebrity boxing events, you know? It is. Uh, or, yeah, or, like, when athletes are fighting each other. And they right. 
hurt too bad or whatever. Right. Here's the other thing that they said on the Joe Rogan show, and they were talking about Jake Paul now, and they were saying Snoop Dogg asked Jake Paul if there's a single MMA fighter that Jake Paul could fight that could beat him. And what Joe Rogan said, and I wish I'd, I was able to get the audio clip of this, but what Joe Rogan had said was, listen, Dana White is so strict with the contracts that anybody that he would allow to go fight, to go off-brand from UFC, is probably not someone that's going to be able to beat Jake Paul in a fight. So that's the reason why Ben Askren went and fought him. There's a reason why these guys that are that are lower in the pecking order will end up having to fight, uh, you know, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, these guys, because... They're, they're no good in, in MMA, honestly, to be, to be true with you, right? It's not even that they're no good because Tyron Woodley was a champion, but they're either... They're yeah, but he was so fat. He was so past his prime, dude. Like, yeah, he when, he fought, when he fought, the, you know, when he fought uh, Logan Paul... Sorry, he fought Jake Paul, right? Yeah, when he fought, when he fought Jake Paul. When he fought Jake, Jake Paul, he was 39 years old. He was 40 years old. He was, he was five years or four years removed off of his last title defense. Exactly. So, but what you're not going to see is you're not going to see someone like a Masvidal or maybe even someone like a Kamari Usman or something. Because those guys are actually actual fighters. They still have their prime available, exactly. right? Exactly. And, and there's no way Dana White's going to let them go take this fight. It's just not going to happen. But I am excited. I, I'll order that fight. I would order that fight to Tyson Jake and Logan Paul fight just to see Tyson knock his ass out. Um, speaking of big fights, Mike man. Tyson is one of my favorite fighters, and I'm telling you, I would, you know, listen, I would be right next to you, just sitting there, waiting, waiting for for for, for Mike Tyson to knock his smile out. I mean, Logan Paul is six two. Okay, he walks around about one ninety. Okay, one ninety uh, between one ninety two hundred. Right. Two. Mike Tyson is five foot ten, but this man will dismantle you. He will. Mike Tyson is one of the, now, the power. The power that he has, it's not. You can't even match it by saying like Tyron Woodley has the power. Yeah. You know, you can't. You can't mimic that, right? So I had an I had an MMA instructor from years ago, like probably ten or twelve years ago. He was teaching me Muay Thai. In fact, that's where I met. Um, I met. Frankie Edgar once before he became the lightweight champion. Uh, this is before he fought uh, Maynard, before he fought Penn, this is when he was coming up. So it's probably like 10, 12 years ago. And there's one thing that he said that really stuck to me, and he said, you can't practice for violence. You can't prepare for someone that is just innately just, just purely just violent. Dude, this guy will take out 25 years of frustration on you and, and make you look silly in the process, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Um, anyway, let's move forward. What's up? What you got so on the plate for today? Another, we got another huge fight Saturday, man. We got Sean Porter against Terrence Bud Crawford, okay? I like uh, that matchup a lot. Terrence Crawford is one of my favorite fighters. My problem with Terrence Crawford is he hasn't gotten the recognition he deserves because he hasn't been able to fight the big names because people keep ducking him. People... He's, he's tried to have fights with Errol Spence. He's tried to have fights with Manny Pacquiao. He's tried to have fights against a Floyd Mayweather saying, you know, come fight me. See, uh, you know, take, take it to me. His biggest name, uh, the, two of the biggest names that he's beaten is Yuriokis Gamboa, uh, who when they fought back in 2014 at the lightweight division before he moved up, and then Kel Brook who he beat last year. Now, Kel Brook was a little bit older at this time. Sean Porter, who uh, Crawford is fighting, actually lost to Kel Brook back in 2014. Uh, but but the Kel Brook that Crawford beat was a little bit older. Uh, Kel Brook uh, currently is uh, 35 years old. He was 35. Um, he had actually turned 35 when they fought in November. So, uh, you know, when, when Kelbrook fought Sean Porter, he was, you know, 
29 years old. That's a big difference, right? So, I don't know. This is good. To me, this is a great fight. If he can beat Sean – if Crawford can beat Sean Porter, I hope, you know, it leads to maybe a fight against Earl Spence. Uh, but I do have some audio clip of the guys of, of uh, CBS Sports talking about this fight. Hold on one second. The boxing where Terrence Crawford prepping for arguably the biggest fight of his career. Maybe not so much Sean Porter, although a very good opponent, but it's Bud Porter on pay-per-view. What do you think that stake for him, despite being undisputed junior welterweight champ, winning three world titles in three divisions, it's always a conversation with him of who's he fought. This is an interesting fight because it's probably his toughest in a long time. I, I think most people expect the specialness of Bud Crawford to win out, but Sean Porter to make a strong account of himself. But even if that were to happen, it's actually pretty important. One, there hasn't been an opponent of this quality in quite some time. I mean, you know, listen, Amir Khan was great in his day, but and I, and I very rarely ever say this, but it looked to me like he quit in the fight with Bud Crawford. And, you know, and Kel Brook certainly had his day in the sun, but the time he fought Bud Crawford, that was not the day, and Bud Crawford just absolutely obliterated him. Sean Porter is a bit of a different nut to crack. He is in his prime. He is a Tasmanian devil. He has a high work rate. He can box on the outside. He can box on the inside. He has himself, by the way, faced a bevy of 147ers who have, uh, in ways that, by the way, Bud Crawford has not. Like, he's been tested in this division. But you ask, like, what's at stake for him? Obviously, if you want to retain status, and what he has, winning is important. But it was something that Bud Crawford said this week that really stuck out to me. He goes, why don't I have the acclaim? Why don't I have the same push, either from promoters or fans, as Canelo? Because you'll recall, for a long time, and even today, Bud Crawford has been in discussion as a top pound-for-pound boxer. Well, you want to get back in that discussion. I don't think beating Sean Porter gets you ahead of Canelo, given everything Canelo was doing. Okay, fair enough. But to make what is left of his career, remember, he is closer to 40 than he is 30. If he really wants to get another marquee matchup, you've got to go in there and put a stamp on a guy like Sean Porter. Errol Spence was able to drop him in a, in a decision win in the end. I think you need to do more than that. You really want to get in that Canelo conversation, you want to get back there, you have to not just win, you have to win impressively, and that has to be a setup towards something else big. Now, what that may be, I don't know. This fight is only happening because the sanctioning body ordered it, but nevertheless, there's just so much momentum behind winning. There's so much momentum behind KOs. Big, tall stakes in a tall order, I should say, even, for Bud Crawford on Saturday. Luke, certainly appreciate it, man. What do you think, Sam? So uh, I have to echo one comment um, uh, forward, which I think is very true. It's not enough for boxers and, and UFC and MMA fighters to just win anymore. It's about how you win, really. It's, it's not, um, did you go around, did you outpunch the guy, did you land more significant strikes, did you control the ground? Um, it's not, how was your Brazilian jiu-jitsu? It, it's, none of those things matter. It's how you finish the fight that really, that really puts the, uh, the impression on whether you deserve the next Canelo, the next, um, you know, John Jones, the next, back in the day, Anderson Silva. Uh, these guys, it's, it's not just winning. You can't just peel off a you know a five foot uh, sorry a five game sorry again a five fight eight fight win streak. It, it, it's more more about how you finish those wins and how you get them that matters. I I myself will be ordering uh, this fight tomorrow. I think oh, I'm a huge Terrence Crawford fan, so I, I I can't. Well, we're gonna be in the studio on for Monday show, so yeah, I'll probably catch you on Football Sunday. This Perfect. Sounds great, man. Uh, I'm looking at. Well, yeah, you're going to be in town for the holiday, man. So I'm looking forward to uh, to you coming uh, coming back in town for a little bit. Uh, moving on here, uh, MLB handed out their awards uh, the other day. Um, yeah, I was very God. curious to see about a couple of things. The Cy Young winners that have been you know announced. What do you think yeah. about them? A and B. What do you think about Justin Verlander getting paid $25 million to come back for a year at age 38, 39 maybe? I don't know, man. He's really good, but I don't know how I, how I, feel, about, <laughs> um, how I feel about paying someone $25 million at 38. He sat out all year this year, didn't he? I don't think he played this year, Verlander. I'm sorry, I was on mute. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Verlander was uh, uh, was on the DL all year because of Tommy John. So. I don't know. It's a big risk to take 
paying a 38-year-old pitcher fresh off Tommy John $25 million. But, I, you know, I, I well, I, maybe he has one or two good years left. I think that's only a one-year contract, so what the hell, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's actually two years with, like, a second-year player option. Okay. But it's not like they signed him to a five-year, $100 million contract. So even if he kind of, kind of comes back and he's not the player that he was, they're, they're not on the hook long-term for him. So I don't think it's too bad. Um, so we had Corbin, Corbin Burns that uh, – What are your favorites? And I'll Cy Young, yep. And then you had uh, over in the AL, Robbie Ray take it. See, Robbie Ray was honestly, he was dominant for most of the season. Wasn't he also one of your picks, like a dark horse back, I want to say a couple months ago, before the Cy Young conversation actually took form? He, he was my pick for the Cy Young, for the Cy Young at AL. Back in, I want to say this was back in, like, July. Yeah, sounds about right. Um. But uh, Corbin Burns, I thought – but really, if you look at these pitchers and, and you look at the seasons, I honestly, I don't no, – no one's going to remember. If these guys don't have, like, another five, six, seven, eight good seasons, these guys are going to be a trivia question. Who won the Cy Young in 2021? Because no one's going to remember this. These weren't memorable seasons, Okay. This wasn't like Pedro's season in 2004 or Randy Johnson's season or the Roger Clemens season. If you look at Robbie Ray, uh, which I, he had a great season, don't get me wrong, but you tell me this stat line, if this stands out. Go ahead, man. 13-7. and seven, which No way. Come on, really? A 20-game winner is not in conversation for Zion? They're Usually the marker is, like, close to 20, right? Yeah, but anymore with analytics, nobody cares about wins anymore. They, it's all about whip, and it's about ERA, and it's about, you know, uh, walks and uh, ERA plus, which I don't even know what that stat is. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. I don't it's, know it's, it's ERA adjusted to the players' ballpark that they, that they play in, you know, what they're – strikeouts per nine innings, all these analytics, right? So, but listen to this. He had 248 strikeouts, which is pretty good. Yeah. He was, Anytime you get over, I'd say 225, 230, you're in good, good you know, good, yeah, good territory. And then, you know, I think the benchmark rate is 300, no? Yeah. It'd be well, really, really good. The record is 383 strikeouts by Nolan Ryan. That's the Right, but I'm saying to be, to be considered really, really good, you have to get close to 300, no? Usually. I mean, typically, but guys don't pitch enough innings anymore for that to happen. I mean, think about this. Robbie Ray pitched 193 innings this season. and So he basically didn't play. Yeah, I mean, well, no, he did, but he started 32 games. So I don't even know what 193 divided by 32 is, what that average of innings is. But I'll tell you what, there's other guys that back in the day pitched a lot more innings. That's the average of six innings per outing. All right, well, not bad. That's fine in today's baseball. But he was 13 and seven with a okay. 2.4 ERA, zero com- uh, zero complete games, zero shutouts. How does he not have a complete game? Because and pitchers, he decide, not even one. Pitchers don't pitch that way anymore. I, I, you know what? That, that's where it comes back to the analytics and usage, and you know um, how much they have to be used in order in order to be available for the next. Uh, the next game, which is scheduled, whatever. Yeah, I, I thought I in my again, you know more about baseball than I do. <clears throat> in my opinion, a complete game is like more like a dominance of a pitcher being the entire game, um, yep. and, and 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 be dominant throughout, like pitch well throughout the entire, uh, you know, all nine innings or, or whatever. You know, I think it's seven and three quarters. Is it considered a complete game? How many how many innings? All nine innings. All nine innings is okay. There you go. Well, shit. shit. I guess I come, again. I, we come from an era where every sport that we watch basketball, football, baseball, boxing, all these sports had. Um, I don't know. I guess people wanted it more. They tried harder. I don't know. I, the Corbin Burns was eleven and five this year with a two point four three ERA. He won eleven games. He appeared in twenty eight games. He won eleven games. He lost five. 
2.43 ERA. He pitched 167 innings this year. He had 200. It says these guys didn't even pitch. To be honest with you. 34 strikeouts on the season. Okay, he is your Cy Young winner. Now I'm going to go back to 2010. This is just 11 years ago. Okay, 11 years ago, you had. Um, for the Cy Young, you had Felix Hernandez, okay, who won it, and you had Roy Halladay, okay? Now, not – Two very good pitchers, I think. Two so. really great pitchers, two Hall of Fame pitchers. 2021, neither Cy Young Award winner pitched a complete game, okay? None of them pitched 200 innings. Now, let me throw this out here for you. Felix Hernandez that year – He won 13 games. He had a 2.27 ERA. He pitched 249 innings, and he had six complete games and one shutout. Roy Halladay. So, so, wait, 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 before you continue, before you continue, real quick. I remember when Felix won, and I remember them, all the analytics and all these experts saying, even 13 is not enough. Yeah. So back then they were saying 13 is not enough. How is today 11 acceptable? Yeah, 11 and 5 acceptable. And this man threw six complete games. He struck out 232 batters, and he pitched almost 250 innings. Now, Roy Halladay, 21 and 10 that year. Nine See, there you go. That is games. a Cy Young winner right there. Nine complete games and four shutouts, and he pitched 250 innings while striking out 219 batters. Nine complete games. So your Cy Young Award winners that season combined for 15. 11 11 years later, the game has changed so much that your Cy Young Award winners don't even have a single complete game on their resume. And that is absolutely insane for me to understand. Like, I think it's a regression – of using analytics in sports across the board. I would agree. I would agree. I would have to agree. But let me let me ask you, did they did before we you know move on, um, but did they get it right with Bryce Harper and Shohei Atani and Burns and you know, do you think was yeah, I feel like Otani I, I think yeah, I think Otani was was the shoe in in my opinion because of just what he did. Uh, you know, um, for the game, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. He, he's he's a little different, man. He pitched and he, you know, and he was a a, a batter. So it's it's very different than than anywhere else. And I just the thing is, I have a very hard time. I have a very hard time saying that my two MVPs for the American League and National League were both on teams that didn't even make the playoffs. That's that's really difficult to sit there and say, okay, you were the best player in all of baseball this year, but you're you weren't even good enough to keep to carry your team to the playoffs. The Philadelphia Phillies finished six and a half games back. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. Braves and the Angels were eighteen games back. And, And these are your best players. You're telling me there wasn't a player on the Tampa Bay Rays or the San Francisco Giants or the Los Angeles Dodgers that that could have played better? I, it, it's just, you know, it's so hard. If I'm looking at the regular season, I'm looking at the Giants here. I, I don't know. I, I – a lot of these numbers they don't they don't add up. And if you look at their WAR, Brandon Crawford had the highest WAR on the Giants, which was six point one. Okay, and he hit two ninety eight uh, with twenty four home runs and ninety RBIs. Okay, not exactly world beater numbers. So it's it's hard to sit there. You know, I get it. I guess you don't. But he doesn't have to be on the best team. But you would think they would at least be in playoff contention. You can't even say the Phillies, the Angels were nowhere near playoff contention. I mean, Bryce Harper, 
Brandon Crawford had a higher war than Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper was 5.9. Brandon Crawford was 6.1. Bryce Harper struck out 134 times. He did hit 309 with 35 home runs and 84 RBIs. But you're I, – I don't know, man. His stats aren't that much better than Brandon Crawford. Crawford, what did I say, had 25 home runs. He hit 298 with, you know, 70-something RBIs. It's not like Bryce Harper ran away with it. Yeah, so, again, when it comes to baseball, when it comes to those types of analytics, like you have to look at the, the you know, the ability for an MVP to actually win you something. So uh, I, I always thought your most valuable player translated into wins for the team somehow, some way, right? Um, that I don't think that's necessarily the case nowadays. You know, you're just looking to pad your stats to make right. it look good, but your team is still sitting there. And you know what? It's cool because you have a 13-year, 10-year contract making major bucks. You'll make it now. You'll make it in the playoffs five years from now or some shit like that. No? We'll <laughs> I, I, you know what? There should be a case to be made, though, too, that how much of an MVP is Bryce Harper when the Nationals get rid of him and the year after they get rid of Bryce Harper, they win the World Series? That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm sorry, I didn't catch the last thing, Mike. What did you say? Bryce Harper, is he really an MVP when your no, team's he's a the Nationals? He fucking sucks. Get rid of him. He sucks and then balls. He sucks fucking balls, bro. Yeah. All right, so um, moving on to our next topic here. Um, and we're going to have to condense some of this stuff so we can get to a lot of the things that we wanted to get to, including our fantasy football mailbag. I got five questions from our listeners that uh, sent in questions. But real quick, I, I had a controversial take on Monday when I was by myself. I talked about it for a little bit. I wanted to get your opinion on it because I am of the opinion right now, and it's hard for me to say this, but I, it, until proven otherwise, I'm going to say it. I think Zion's a bit of a bust. So, I'm sorry. Again, I was talking on mute, but uh, <laughs> Zion's a little bit of a bust. I mean, I would go ahead and say that's a little bit of an understatement. Oh, <laughs> um, wow. If, so, you agree with me on that. 110%. If you can't get the guy to lose 25 pounds to become a top five player in the league, then I don't know what kind of work ethic he has, which, you know what? You can go ahead and say, you know what, on pure talent alone, look at Shaquille O'Neal. He never worked out. He never worked on his craft until a lot later in his life. Kobe Bryant said it himself that the guy would have had 10, 11, 12 championships if he actually worked on his craft, worked on his game. So, I mean, dude, that there you go. Zion is not 7'1". He's nowhere close to Shaq. You know, the closest comparison to Shaq, I'd say, is Giannis maybe, you know when it comes to just, like, you know, dominance in the paint type of deal. But Zion needs to lose weight like his white life fucking depends on it, dude. dude he needs to lose so much weight. He's not even he's not even Charles fucking Barkley, man. He's a guard in the NFL. He's an interior lineman in the NFL. He's 6'6", 315 pounds. That's a, that's a, that's a center or, or right guard in the NFL. Yeah, you know, his, his physique – Right, his his body that he's created, um, that that body is built um, for power forward, really. Yeah, you know, um, I think he can pull off a good power forward, and the reason why I say that is because guess who was also six 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 seven and was very very successful playing power forward. Charles Barkley, your Sean Kemp, you know, they're in that six seven six eight six six and six eight range well, where. Barkley was ever pushing 300 pounds. Yeah, he was when he signed with the Sixers, drafted by them. He showed up to training camp 315 pounds. Wow. At, at six foot five. Yeah, you know, he tried to eat his out his way out of that contract. I, I, I read it. I heard it on a podcast before. Yeah, he tried to eat his way out of that contract to get them to not draft him, really. I wonder why, because weren't, they're the Sixers. They won an NBA championship. In they did, but you know what? The problem was they were little little too late on the game, you know. Irving, you know, Dr. J, in his, in his, out of his prime. Moses Malone, out of his prime. You know, uh, all your, all your, you know, your primetime players that won you that chip are now just kind of out of the business. You know, they're not really doing what they have to do. 
the year Charles Barkley was a rookie, they won 58 games. The year before, they uh, won 52, 52 games. Uh, and then, two, so two years before drafting Barkley, they won, won the NBA title. And then yeah. the year two years removed. Barkley two years removed. Rookie, the year Barkley was a rookie, they lost in the conference finals to the Celtics. But keep in mind how that Celtics squad was set up. Right? Yeah. That was probably the Sixers' last. That was probably the Sixers' last push with that older squad, against yeah. that older Celtics squad too. Really, I mean, not older. Sorry, the Celtics squad was way better, man. It was yeah. way better. They had no, longevity. Yeah, that Celtics squad in 1984, 85 was still in their prime. Prime time, and and you know what? These guys on the 76ers were on their way out. To be honest, yeah, that's true. All right, so you agree with me? Zion's a bust. Uh, that's uh, yeah. I mean. Right now, the one last stat I'm going to throw out there before we uh, before we move on is uh, in two seasons, not counting this season, his rookie year and last year, he's played in 85 games total. This man can't stay healthy. He cannot stay healthy whatsoever, and this is it's a big problem that I have with Zion. All right, so we're going to be getting the Chronic Corner soon. You got something prepared, but before we get to your Chronic Corner, we're going to play a little bit of the looks like game. But uh, do do you have a do you have your uh, Chronic Corner ready to to fire off here in about five minutes or so? Sam, did we lose you? Are you on mute again? I think we lost Sam. So, all right. Oh, all right. One second, guys. Sam's call dropped. We're going to add him back. One second. Sam? Yep, yep, yep. Sorry, technical okay. difficulties, guys. This is what happens when I'm not in the studio. Yeah, it's all right, man. Technical difficulties. So we're going to play the looks like game here, but I was asking you, and I think the call dropped. You have a chronic corner prepared uh, for about in about five minutes. Yeah, we can run a chronic corner for. You know what? I have a little less, uh, uh, you know, um, material this time around. Okay. That's all right. So we're gonna run a little bit less of a time if that's cool with you. That's fine with me, but we're gonna go to the looks like game here. So okay, uh, go ahead, start with that. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Kawhi's ready for some looks like. Okay. Yeah, Kawhi's ready. Does John Gruden look like the guy sitting next to you at a Benihana who elbows your side and with wide eyes says, it's showtime when the cook starts to light the onion volcano? 110%, without a fact, without a doubt. That one wasn't as good. Eh? We, didn't get, we didn't get the chuckle from, uh, from Sam. No, no chuckle, no chuckle, man. Sorry. Does Urban Meyer look like the neighbor who every morning asks you how you're doing, but immediately shuts the door to his Mercedes before you can answer? 110%. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's him. That's Urban Meyer right there. Does J.J. Reddick look like the guy at the gym who tries to take gym selfies, but when someone walks by, he pretends to scratch his head nonchalantly? Uh, one more time. One more time. I'm sorry. I okay. missed that one. Does J.J. Reddick look like the guy at the gym who tries to take gym selfies, but when someone walks by, he pretends to scratch his head nonchalantly? Oh, yeah, he definitely does. He also looks like the guy that's passing out free samples of whatever the hell, camel's milk or, you know, something else at the gym. He's that dude. Uh, does Carson Wentz look like the white audience member at a black stand-up special who struggles to find a comfortable laugh between that's funny and I'm not racist? <laughs> What was that receiver? Who was that receiver that, that Philly had that was shouting Riley out? Cooper. There you go. He's standing right next to Riley Cooper on that one. <laughs> Does Matt Patricia look like he cooks his hot pocket on the grill? I don't like that very much because you call me Matt Patricia, so I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't appreciate that comment one bit. <laughs> All right, now here's the Jim Harbaugh one before we get to the chronic quarter. Does Jim Harbaugh? Does Jim Harbaugh? Look like the guy who scoffs at you for ordering your steak medium well, then proceeds to ask the wait- waiter to just run a flashlight over mine. Uh, yeah, not really. 
Okay, bad one. All right. Does Jim Harbaugh look like the Little League baseball coach who rips line drives at five-year-olds during infield practice and yells, got to stay on your toes when the ball breaks the third baseman's nose? Oh, come on. Oh, uh, yeah, a little chuckle, a little mini chuckle. Uh, <laughs> you are killing me here. Some of these Tough guys. audience tonight, bro. It's Friday right. night. Get your oh, shit together, oh, bro. Let's see Apollo. Uh, last one. Does Jim Harbaugh look like the guy who would choose the stairs over the elevator and then race his family to the top floor just to say, Pizza, as the elevator doors are yep, opening? Yep, yep, That's him. That's him. That's definitely him. All right. Now, you all know what time it is. It's time for the Friday tradition, unlike any other. It's time for the crowning corner. Let's go, man. Just got an ounce in the mail. What up? All right, so this is, I believe, or 19th. God damn, I'm so high. I'm missing fucking the date. Uh, all right, it's the, it's the 19th, and we're back on with the Chronic Corner. Mike, thank you for giving me five minutes on the corner. I want to go over a couple of strains that I've uh, uh, ingested, uh, you know, consumed in the last uh, two weeks or so. Uh, the first one being Jungle Mac. Now, Jungle Mac, I picked up Jungle Mac from, it's a Common Citizen product, which is uh, out here in Michigan, uh, the Common Citizen project, product. It's uh, testing uh, roughly around uh, batch data. Okay, well, I can't even look at it right now. Oh, yeah, it's testing around uh, 18 19% THC. And um, you know what? Uh, for, for the for the, the listeners on the podcast that are, uh, confused or maybe even worried that they may be consuming something that's more potent that they can handle. Um, again, I'm going to say this, like, from the first chronic corner until now, there are three symptoms that you get when you overdose on cannabis. You're happy, you're hungry, and you're sleepy. That's it. That's it. You, either you're the sleepy, you're happy, or you're hungry. And if you're, not, if you're not, then you're just fucking stupid, to be honest with you. Right? So, um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, Jungle Max is a really good strain. Common Citizen actually is a really good. Uh, um, it's a it's a grow grow company almost. Um, they they're out. Uh, they have their own uh, retail locations. I'm going to actually hit them up probably next week to see if we can get some airtime with them and Viola uh, with uh, you know with some uh, endorsements or, or shout outs you know from our side here. But uh, moving forward, uh, going back to CBD. Um, well, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on something about CBD. Now, I, I had this conversation with you before. I, I know the stigma that, that is around CBD is that it's still somehow cannabis, it's still somehow marijuana, it's still somehow it will get you high. Um, there is no doubt in your mind, right? You know this, right, that CBD will not get you high? No, You're, I know that otherwise, you know, everybody in this household would be stoned. All the time. Correct, correct. Because everyone uses those CBD bombs, right? And it's good for arthritis. It's good for inflammation. It's good for um, uh, many different, you know, ailments that you might have, right? Yeah. I'm sure you've pulled uh, a muscle or two going to the gym when you while you work it out, and you've tried the yeah. bomb, and I and I can guarantee you that you've got some relief, right? Oh yeah, I especially like it on my back. Yeah, exactly. So so the the areas that you can't get direct heat or cold um, on for you know, varying moments. I know you have the tub, but getting an ice pack on your back, it's kind of uncomfortable, right? So that's where the bomb comes in handy, where yeah. it kind of stimulates your, your your first two layers of your epidermis, and it actually invigorates your cells to actually feel a little bit better. So it smooths out. So you layer, your skin has seven layers, right? Um, THC, CBD, these bombs are able to penetrate sometimes three, maybe four layers, depending on where it is, depending if it leads to a nerve or not. So... It's really cool. So I, I'm really glad. I'm happy that that you can say that, you know, because I would probably stop being friends with you if you told me that, you know, you sat there and you ate a, a tub of bomb and you were trying to get high on it and it didn't work. <laughs> right? Well, so no, you're one step away from smoking bath salts at that point, my friend. So unfortunately, you can't get rid of me that easy since we are family. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that thing, right? But if you're smoking bath salts, bro, I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We don't. We're not cool. You know the the no huddle show is not cool with we're smoking cool. basketball. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um, 
another thing uh, I wanted to point out. Uh, we got another, what, give me another 30 seconds or so. Another crazy trend I've been seeing on YouTube shorts, on TikTok, and I've been seeing these insane trends of people just wanting to show their reactions of trying shit. You could try a glass of water to a, the new fucking crispy chicken that's coming out to whatever the hell it's coming out. But you know what? What I've realized with the exposure of these people trying these things, I can point out every single person that is high in all those videos by a mile. You know, I can yeah. so so you know if you're getting high, um, which is cool. I mean, I I'm all for it. You know, don't make don't don't, don't put your face there out on the internet. You know, I, I, people could see that you're ripped out of your mind trying some fucking chicken. You know, it doesn't take right. a genius to see that. So protect yourself. You know, you may have an employer that may come across your YouTube short at some point and may not want to employ you for that fact. So be smarter about it, right? Uh, on that note, I want to end the chronic corner for, uh, for this Friday. Let's move on to the next topic, man. Well, if you have questions for me, Mike. So, you no, got some for me? No question. A very informative chronic corner. This is a fan favorite segment of the show for our Friday night show heading into the weekend. So, very happy. So. All right. All right. So this last segment, we got, man, we got a lot to uncover here, including one topic that I cannot wait to get to, but I want to open our mailbag first for the fantasy football questions. And this is your spot, Sam. This is where you shine. Uh, but I also want to get to okay. the argument whether or not Cam Newton is a Hall of Famer because there was a heated debate on first take. But let's get to the mailbag first, okay? All right, let's go. What we got, number one? Number one, this is from Jesse, New Jersey. Okay. Who Hello, you, Jersey. Who should I start this week in my flex? Mike Williams or Tyler Lockett? All right. So I hate to say this, right? You have floor, ceiling, upside. You have a lot of different, you know, um, elements kind of going into. I'll go quick because I know we have a couple questions. Right? Um, I I think the the game with Russell Wilson against Green Bay last week was a fluke. Um, I think normally game script does not dictate a game of that sort because both DK and Tyler couldn't really get going. You know, they couldn't really get going. They weren't moving um, the chains. The, the running backs were not really there. They don't have Chris Carson. So uh, I will say uh, Tyler Lockett only on a bounce-back game because I expect a monster game out of Russell Wilson this week. You do. You expect a big bounce-back game. Okay. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that coming. Okay. Uh, next question here is from 84. Uh, who's the better running back to own in dynasty, uh, for Dynasty Leagues, Ramondre Stevenson or Zach Moss? Okay, so, again, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and uh, make this as quick as possible because I know we have questions. Um, Zach Moss purely on the fact that um, – Bill Belichick running backs have not always fared well from a career perspective, right? Uh, whether they've shined for a year or two, done well, built up some sort of steam like your Sony Michels and whoever else that has high draft capital, um, those are the guys that are kind of is what's coming out of Bill Belichick's practice, you know. Whereas Zach Moss, as long as he can stay healthy, I think he beats out Devin Singletary for the job as long as he's there for. And he actually looks like a good back, and I would always take – a, a running back that you have a threat of a quarterback running rushing the touchdown. So um, Josh Allen is a threat to rush it in at any point. It hurts you, but it also helps you from a play action perspective. Um, from you know, and you know what, Zach Moss's game is going to get better. He's right now primarily just a rushing back. He will bring in receiving at some point in his career if he does well. Right? Yeah, I agree. Although Ramondre Stevenson looks, uh, he looks gets- so good. I just yep. think he'll. I think he, if he was on a uh, Texans or if he was on a uh, Jaguars, he would go wild. He would go wild. Uh, let's see. Where do we got one? Okay, this one is from 
Josh Giddy at Giddy World. Um, who should I start at quarterback this week, Joe Burrow or Ryan Tannehill? Burrow is going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Ryan Tannehill has the Houston Texans. Okay. So, you know, um, I have one theory always is that can stream my quarterbacks. I just want to see who the hell they're going up against. Yeah. So the Texans secondary is atrocious. Um, they also have a little bit of a revenge game going with uh, Donta Foreman um, coming. You know, he was initially supposed to be Arian Foster's heir apparent before he tore his Achilles while he was up on the Texans. Um, so he has, you know, I, I definitely think Tannehill is the play uh, over. Uh, sorry, you, you, who did you have to go in second? Joe Burrow or Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, and Burrow's going up against who? Uh, Burrow's going up against Raiders. Yeah, I still like the Raiders secondary over um, – I know Patrick Mahomes has torched him, but I still like their secondary better than I like the, the Texans secondary. Okay. Excellent. Uh, next question here. What is this name from Jay Wilkerson, 73? Was it a waste of money spending 35 free agent dollars on A.J. Dillon this week? Absolutely not. Um, I am an Aaron Jones owner, and I wish I had A.J. Dillon. Uh, I should have drafted him, but you know what the problem is? The league, my standard league, my 12-team standard that I'm in, we have a bunch of fucking retards that are, um, that are in, the, in the league. So uh, my backup was sniped in the sixth round by somebody who held on to him for nine weeks. And the same person sniped Daryl Williams when I had drafted CEH. Um, so, yeah, I'm pissed. But, you know, what? if you could get it, man, take get two weeks, especially if you got playoff push coming, which I'm hoping, you know, Mr. Wilkerson, you're, 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 close, you're close to the playoffs. If you're close to the playoffs, man, $35 is well, money well spent for two weeks of usage. Perfect. Okay. And last question is from Gary in New Jersey. Uh, hey ho! Uh, tight end start, Pat Fryermuth or Dan Arnold? All right, so I've been watching Pat pick up some steam the last couple of weeks. I see that Ben literally can't throw more than 15 yards. So, um, I mean, look, uh, Pat, I, I like Pat coming out of college. Um, I don't have faith in that Jacksonville offense. Right, Dan Arnold is a Jacksonville product, correct? Am I right or wrong on that, Mr. Mike? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Is Arnold a uh, – he's on Jacksonville now, right? Yeah, he's kind of Jacksonville. He's actually been – Yeah, he went from Carolina. You went from Carolina to Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll go. I'll probably have to move on uh, Pat, man, because – I know Claypool's coming back. I know they have the run game going, uh, but I don't have any faith in Ben. And, and, and anyone that knows football knows that you, your tight end is kind of like your lifeline, right? It's well, your bailout. It's your, it's your Obama when it comes to football, you know? Claypool has no value in a non-deep-throwing team. Yeah, I mean, if you put, if you put <laughs> Claypool on, like, the, the Chiefs, his value shoots up the roof. Or you put him on the Chiefs. Or you put him in, you know. Yeah. You could, shit, you could put him. You could put him on the Chargers. You could yeah. put him on a lot of teams, man. Yeah, you could. But unfortunately, right now, he doesn't have value. Deontay Johnson has a lot has a lot of value because he gets those quick screens. He gets those quick slants. Yep. And you know what? That's the only thing Ben can really do is 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 kind of throw out of the slot, man. He's going to hit his slot receivers on either side. He's not going to hit your number ones going down the end or, you know, the, the ones that are running, uh, you know, slant routes, a deep slant route, he's not going to hit those guys. He can't throw that far anymore. He's done. He's got a new arm now. He's got a complete noodle for an arm. And Fryermuth, you know, last week he didn't put up points because he had Mason Rudolph. But in the last three weeks he's had seven catches for 58 yards, four catches for 44 yards, five catches. Well, yeah, so that, what, what I was saying is that I like, I like the volume that he's getting, you know, as a tight end, but – I also like the fact that Ben can't – literally, Ben's offense is purely now predicated on the run game and these yeah. short slant routes on your slot receivers and your tight ends. So, I mean, you still have Ebron there, you know. So, you have – you know, but, but Pat does block better than Ebron does. So, I think Pat will see more snaps. 
Okay. Very good. That was our fantasy football mailbag. Um, and so before we get to our week 11 preview, um, I want to talk um, about Cam Newton as a potential Hall of Famer, and I wanted to play this clip real quick uh, from First Take. Uh, this was between Stephen A. Smith and Dan Orlovsky, and then I'll get your opinion on this, Sam. The 91 touchdowns to 118 interceptions is not even a two-to-one uh, touchdown-to-interception ratio. Um you know, I, I'm just saying. I mean, we. You know, how many NFC Championship games has he been in? One. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just saying. We, 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 where's the when you say Hall of Fame? I respect okay. Cam. Yeah. I don't see Hall of Fame. I will remind you before you make your point. Eli Manning has two Super Bowl championships. He's a lot. And a lot of us, and a lot of us have looked at him and said, we question whether or not he's had a Hall of Fame career. Just so you know, not just me. Ryan Clark's of the world and various others have been right on this show, football aficionados like yourself, yes, questioning sincerely and significantly. We love and respect Eli Manning, consummate professional, great guy, really funny on television. He's got two Super Bowl championships, MVPs. We get all of that. He's a Manning. So because of that, chances are he will get into the Hall of Fame. But when you look at his career 500 record, him missing a playoff six times in seven years, seven times in eight years, stuff like that. We've questioned that. I'm just looking at Cam's resume, and I'm saying to you, stud, one of, you know, considered, you know, one of the elite talents in the game. When you talk about throwing that football with accuracy, career 60% completion of his passes, stuff like that in this era, where okay. defenses clearly weren't allowed to do the things that they were allowed to do in the previous eras, I don't see Hall of Fame, bro. Well, Cam's numbers were stacked up in an era where they were allowed to do things rather than in the past couple of years. Um, I don't have I don't, Hold on. I don't have a computer in front of me, so I need you to do th- two sure. things for me. Sure. Find me his total offense because that – not just passing yards. Find me his total offense and his total touchdowns because we could give the touchdown to interception ratio, but we also got to in, add in how many rush. Okay, so I think that audio cut off now. But he was asking – Dana Orlovsky was basically saying how many rushing touchdowns did Cam Newton account for, which, you know, was quite – has been quite a few, I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's – I think he's ran for a total of 70-some-odd uh, touchdowns in his in his career um, total. But – what do you think is would is yeah seventy one touchdowns for Cam Newton in his career? What do you think of Cam Newton as a potential Hall of Famer? So I, I think I think that um, with Cam being a Hall of Fame talent, I think he he's there, man. Like his numbers speak for themselves. Oh. All right, go on. No, no, I don't. I don't think he's no, no, no. You have to let me finish, right? So. Had he continued in Carolina without having his injuries and had he continued his subpar 3,000 yards and his 20-plus touchdowns through the air and, eight, you know, 10 picks and his 8, 9 rushing touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns a year, had he done that for another five, maybe six years, I would say he's close. Because that type of longevity as a running quarterback is very hard to do. There's very few quarterbacks that will, uh, you know, I'm very, you know, I'm interested to now see how Lamar fares 10 years down the line because Newton's now 33, you know. 30, 30, 30, 32. He's 32? Okay, so 32, 33. However, you know, Lamar's probably, what, 25, 24? Yeah. You know, so I want to see when he hits over that 30 hump, 28, 29 hump. And if he, I want to see if he keeps running the way he runs, and they still set up a game plan for him to run, which is what they did with Newton's entire career. And he took hits from some of the hardest hitting linebackers in our era of football, um, and he took them. He took those licks standing up. You know, uh, so I'm not saying he's Hall of Fame, but had he continued in the trajectory after winning his MVP, had he continued the longevity of it, would demand at least a look at the Hall. You know, if not, if not a yes, 
you have to look at the fact that outside of Michael Vick, outside of uh, you know a couple other players, there's nobody really else running the game, running the the ball as a quarterback than Cam Newton. Here's my problem with Cam Newton is he's only 32 years old right now. And but dude, he's got so much mileage, so much that tread is worn down. You know, he's had ankle injuries, he's had shoulder injuries, he's yeah, had but tons of. He's been beat the hell up for 10 years. Maybe, but here's the thing. He's only 32. There's a lot of other quarterbacks that can say they've been beat the hell up. Uh, the game is a lot less physical than it was in the 80s and the 90s. Um, you can't tell me that, that if you have Patrick Mahomes running the way that Cam Newton runs and getting hit the way he did year after year, that he was going to be A-OK and good to go. I, I don't believe that for shit. Cam Newton's body genetically is built to take those licks, bro. No, you can't throw in any. You can't throw in any other quarterback into that mix and be like, yeah, well, if they they would have been fine too. No, that's I don't I don't believe that for shit. But there's a reason. There's a reason why they tell your quarterbacks not to run all the time. There's a reason why that you have guys that adjusted their game to the NFL. Russell Wilson here is a perfect comparison, I believe, to Cam Newton. He's not as big as Cam Newton. But he learned to evolve his game, to evolve his game, so he didn't have to run the ball as much. He 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 improved as a passer. Russell Wilson came into the league one year after Cam Newton. They're not that far behind each other. Russell Wilson has a 65% completion percentage career. Cam Newton's at 60%. Russell Wilson has 277 touchdowns. Cam Newton has 191 touchdown passes. Russell Wilson has 80, uh, was 84 interceptions. Cam Newton has 118. How many rushing touchdowns does Russell Wilson have? Russell Russell Wilson has 22 rushing touchdowns. That's okay. a lot less. A lot less. But listen to these yards now. Now, mind you, Cam Newton runs the ball a lot more than Russell Wilson. Correct. Uh, Cam Newton has ran for a total of. 5,412 yards. Cam, uh, Russell Wilson has ran for 4,600 yards, 4,606. So he's about 800 yards shy of Cam Newton or, or so, okay? His average per attempt is 5.6 yards for Russell Wilson, and it's five yards for Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton has, has 800 more yards rushing than Russell Wilson on almost 300 more, or no, over on over 300 more attempts. So Cam Newton's ran the ball a lot more than Russell Wilson has, but yardage-wise, Russell Wilson is only 800 yards. Think about it. 300 attempts is an entire season for a running back. Okay, 300, you get 300 attempts in a season, you ran the ball quite a bit. So, and Cam Newton's been in the league one year longer than Russell Wilson. He just doesn't have the amount of touchdowns. But you want to say 71 over 22 is a lot, large number. I think 277 passing touchdowns over 191 is also a pretty huge difference. And Russell Wilson has a Super Bowl ring. Did I lose you, Sam? I think I'm I sorry, bro. I, w- I was talking on mute like a jackass. Go ahead. What's the last thing you said? No, it's, uh, I was just saying that if you look at uh, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, uh, Cam Newton may have, you know, nearly 50 more touchdown runs than Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson has 277 touchdown passes compared to 191. I, I just think, and, and we're going to run out of time here before we get to preview week 11, but I just feel like Cam Newton hasn't done it for long enough to, you know, you look at – I'm going to throw out a quarterback who is on the cusp of being a Hall of Famer, right? When you talk Phillip Rivers, right? When you talk Phillip Rivers, a lot of people feel that Phillip Rivers is a free Hall of Famer. Phillip Rivers, in his age 32 season, which is how old Cam Newton is now, threw for – completed – Almost 70% of his passes, 69.5, he threw for 4,478 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions that year. And he made the Pro Bowl. And now we're talking about Cam Newton being out of the league after this year with Carolina. 
And, and you could say the things that you said about his body. A good comparison to Cam Newton modern day is Josh Allen. So would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure. And and but Josh Allen's accuracy has gotten drastically better from year to year. It has, but so we'll see where Josh Allen is sitting at. He's 25 now, six, seven years from now. If he's still putting up the numbers that he's doing, I, you know, but he's ran for 28 touchdowns so far. Already, already, yeah. Already. So, and he's got, a lot, he's got a long way to go. He's got a long way to go. So we'll see. But I, to me, Cam Newton is not a Hall of Famer. He's not even close. Uh, my last argument that I'll make for it is that, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, is you either have to have one of two things to be in the Hall of Fame, especially at quarterback. Other positions, it's a little different. But at quarterback, do you have Super Bowl rings? And were you a top five player? Something like, say, top ten. I'm going to go top five. Were you a top five player at your position for the majority of your career? Cam Newton, I don't think you can say he was. That doesn't hold true. No, it doesn't hold true. Right? Because Tom Brady, you're going to rank ahead of Cam Newton, right? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all these Drew guys. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Ben Roethlisberger, for that matter, two rings. Don't forget, you know. Ben Roethlisberger. Eli Manning, two rings uh, above you. I'll put that there, too. Who? Who who did you say? I'll put Eli over Cam. I would put Eli over Cam, although Eli's down the list. I would put Matt Ryan over Cam Newton. I would I would take Russell Wilson over Cam Newton. Correct. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. What about Matt Ryan? Mm, they're not. neck and they're neck and neck because they both have a single MVP season. They both made the Super Bowl and they lost to the same person, Tom yeah. Brady. You know. Oh, oh no, sorry. Uh, Cam lost to uh, Peyton. Yeah, Cam lost to Peyton. Manning. Yeah. I'm yeah. not really gonna put Peyton Manning in this comparison because I feel like Peyton Manning was. His last – in 2015, which is Cam Newton's fourth year in the league, Peyton Manning was on the end of his rope. So I'm trying to think of quarterbacks who he would have played against for the majority of his career. Right. You're Drew Brees, you're Matt Ryan, you're, uh, you know um, – Burgers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those those South guys, you know, some of those – you know, um, you probably had uh, Matt Schaub still playing, right, for for, for the Texans when – How about Matt came. Stafford? Would you take Matt Stafford over Cam Newton? Oh, Matt Stafford, by a mile, dude. Are you kidding me? The guy's had multiple 5,000-yard seasons. What about Philip Rivers? Yes, 100%. The guy played a game on a torn ACL, and 110%. He was top of his division year after year after year for a while, bro. With that LT-led offense, too, man, they, they had it going. All right, and then last one that I'm going to ask you, that was also one of his contemporaries, I believe, uh, is Andrew Luck. No, Andrew Luck is way better than Cam Newton. Right. Even so in the Andrew- short period of time that he played, um, yeah. he's shown that he's way more, uh, I don't know, he, he plays, he, he does the job way better than Cam. Andrew Luck came in the league 2012, one year after Cam Newton. I know, re- that sucks. He, right? And he retired uh, after the 2018 season. Yeah, All but right. his, his rookie year, he went like 11-5 and five or something like that. Yeah, he took, yeah, eleven and five, and took them to the playoffs. So there you have it. We've listed off at least eleven quarterbacks that we would take over Kim Newton, and these are all people that were played during his time. This isn't all time. This is pe- these these are guys that played in his era. So you're barely cracking the top thirteen, fourteen of your time, right? And you're only 32 years old. Look at what Aaron Rodgers is doing at his age. Look at multiple um, MVPs, bro. Multiple MVPs. MVP at age 37, 36. Even if you look at guys, I, I, and I'm trying to think of a quarterback, but like, okay, how Matt Ryan? All right, let's go to the guy that that you know spent his career uh, playing against Cam Newton. Matt Ryan in his age 31 season, he was he was an MVP. He threw 38 touchdowns and interceptions, and he threw for almost 5,000 yards. 
His age 33 season, two seasons later, he threw for 4,924 yards, 35 touchdowns, and seven interceptions at 33. And Cam Newton is 32 now, and he just got a job in week 10. As a backup, technically, because if if, if Sam Arnold – I'm Sam Arnold. Sam Arnold – if Sam Donald was not um, hurt, I don't think they would go grab him, to be honest with you. They would stick it out. And this dude, he, 30, he was 32 years old and out of the league. So I have a very hard time putting him in the Hall of Fame. But we are out of time, guys. Uh, we will have a, another big show for you Monday. We'll talk about the Bud Crawford fight. We're going to recap our NFL weekend. There will be a lot of college football to talk about. Uh, but, man, it was a great show. Thank you for listening. Great, great. Thank you, Sam, for being able to call in today. I know yep. you're a very busy person. Uh, we are going to have – usually we have Harlem May take us out, but it's Friday. We're going into the weekend, so we're going to have little Debbie Deb take us out on uh, – Why not, man? Why not? 